passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to the Hoist the Colors podcast. Just wanted to join you guys for a quick edition of the HTC podcast because, ladies and gentlemen, we have an ECU football schedule. We have a 2023 East Carolina football schedule. We are live on the Hoist the Colors podcast on YouTube, on Facebook. If you're listening, you got any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. This will be a shorter podcast, but just wanted to share my initial thoughts on the schedule. Uh, with you guys and also read any comments you'll have as well. I know there's a lot of a lot of hot takes on the schedule, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Scott Lorbatcher uh, tuned in, letting us know to don't forget to hit the like button and ring the bell for notifications on YouTube. Yes, subscribe, like, all of it so we can get our numbers up. Again, we just had our baseball podcast last night, ECU off to a 3-0 start. Check that out on our uh, live stream pages, YouTube and Facebook. But guys, we got a schedule and I'm I'm excited. To me, there's nothing like seeing the schedule laid out as it is. Like, you know, we knew the opponents and that's cool and all, but when you have the dates, uh, I guess we're still officially waiting on the game designations as far as what's going to be homecoming and, you know, letter winners weekend and all that sort of stuff. But as I look at the schedule, you know, there are some things I like. There are some things that I dislike. Uh, we'll pull it up here shortly for all of us to look at. And look, we all knew that the the opening of this schedule was always going to be 
Uh, brutal. Uh, did we lose audio? I think I may be back now. Uh, we may have lost audio, but I am back now. Either way, uh, one of the things that I do I do like about this schedule, guys, is I think I think Rice as the opener is a manageable American Athletic Conference opener. Uh, for me, like if, you, if you're going to pick any of those teams. Rice is probably at the, at the top for me. Um, I am back. Scott lets me know. I guess I, as I remove myself from the stream, I guess that removed my audio as well. So sorry about that, guys. I'm now back. Um, we, we knew the non-conference was going to be tough. And for me, having Rice as an opener is a manageable conference opener. And then you get a bye week. You know, I would have liked to maybe seen that bye week a little bit later, but it's not the worst in the world. Uh, having it after your first five games. You know, to me, it beats last year when you play, had to play, what, eight, nine games before you finally got it in the back half of the season. So, to me, Rice, I think, is a good conference opener. You get the bye week before probably one of your more challenging league games and what could be a pivotal league game against a very talented SMU squad. They're bringing in a bunch of transfers. You know, I think they're going to have a a really good team this year, uh, at least talent-wise. You know, we'll see how their coaching staff does. But, you know, overall, I think the middle part of the schedule is favorable. You know, SMU also has a bye before that Thursday night game. I guess the league doesn't want to give either team an advantage in that regard. Um, but to me, I think that's a, a favorable draw uh, to play Rice and then SMU and then Charlotte as your first three league games. Like, those are three winnable league games. Not that any of the other ones aren't winnable, but you have a chance to kind of set yourself up for a decent start there. And then it gets challenging. The, the stretch of at UTSA, for those unfamiliar with uh, Texas San Antonio football, they're going to be, I think, one of the better teams in this league upon entry. I mean, they've been playing at a high level, kind of a top 25 level for really the last few years, and they return a lot of talent. They've been able to keep that coach. It's a tough place to play. To me, that's your most challenging road game outside of Michigan and App State. You look at Tulane, everybody knows what they did last year. So that stretch of at UTSA and Tulane back-to-back is not going to be easy. And then you play two more road games after that. We know what Navy is, even without Ken Niamatololo. I still think they're going to be really good. I like Brian Newberry. You know, we'll see how he makes the transition to head coach. But I feel like overall, uh, that stretch, starting with UTSA, really through Navy. Because even FAU, to me, is somewhat of a sleeper team in that you're in Florida. You got Tom Herman as your head coach now. Um, so I'm just curious to see how ECU manages that schedule. But I think if you put this schedule together, if you're Mike Houston, and you wanted to have kind of something to, I don't know, have a say-so in the schedule, you would maybe want to have a softer front with what's likely to be a, a younger football team rather than, uh, you know, opening up conference play, let's say, at UTSA on September 30th. I mean, that would be a difficult conference opener. I feel like the trip to Rice is a manageable game. So, Feel free to, to weigh in with your thoughts, your comments. I'm going to share some other thoughts here shortly. If you drop any comments, we'll share them on the air. Uh, for the first time in, I believe, a couple years, Navy does not have a bye before playing ECU. So uh, apparently Mike Houston's plea to the conference worked a, quite, quite a bit. Um, but, you know, outside of that, nobody else really has an advantage before playing ECU that I noticed – 
uh, looking at the schedule again, SMU has that same buy, but ECU has the buy too before the Thursday night game. Uh, actually, so Scott is Scott Lorbatcher says UTSA, FAU, and Tulane both are all on the road the week before they play us. Tulane is in a stretch of three, four, three road games in four weeks that ends with us. So, yeah, so I mean, the tough stretch for for really all those teams, I guess, in that stretch. So if you're the American Athletic Conference, they seem to be wanting to make that the make-or-break portion of the season. Again, we don't have TV designations, and again, we won't get those until 12 days out from kickoff once the season opens. But you would think kind of the way they're stacking those games in there, they expect UTSA, Tulane, uh, you know, SMU has some some tough games in there as well in that stretch where it's October to November. That's typically where the conference race forms as the season unfolds. So I think we will see quite a bit happen there. And if you're ECU, if you can get off to a two and one start in league play, or even hey three and zero oh, uh, with Rice, SMU, and Charlotte, as you go to UTSA, as you as you take on Tulane, those are pivotal conference games. You could be having ESPN two games, uh, clearly ESPNU a possibility during that stretch. But, you know, it, it's not – I don't want to say the schedule lays out great, but I don't think it lays out terrible either. I think it's just it, – it's okay, you know. We do have to address the the season finale. I mean, nobody wants the Thanksgiving weekend home game. Uh, this time it's Tulsa coming to ECU on Thanksgiving weekend. I think it was 2019. Tulsa also wrapped up the season at East Carolina. Mike Houston's first year, they actually beat the brakes off East Carolina and Greenville that day. That was not a fun day. It was a lax crowd. It's probably going to be a lax crowd again. You know, really, the last time ECU had a solid crowd was the last time they played on Thanksgiving weekend. That was Cincinnati, and that was also the you know the number three or four team in America at that time. Uh, and it was a good crowd. It was around 40,000. It was loud. But, you know, that took some pretty special circumstances. You had an ECU team ascending upward. You had a marquee opponent playing for a college football playoff bid. You know, I can't see Tulsa drawing too many butts in the seats on November 24th or 25th. You know, it's listed as both right now because it could be that Friday or Saturday, depending on uh, what the conference wants to do, what TV ESPN wants to do. So, you kind of hate that you have that game to close the season rather than it being maybe a week earlier. You know, it wouldn't be a, a bad thing to close at FAU on November 25th as opposed to playing them a few weeks earlier. So, but, you know, it is what it is. The, the conference is going to try and rotate those uh, every few years. You're, you're not going to play Thanksgiving home weekend games uh, to, to, to close out your season every year, but more than likely about 50% of the time you're going to get that draw and, you know, we were talking earlier, it is rivalry week, and you would like to maybe see the conference try and promote some rivalry, so to speak. One way to not do that is to have ECU play Charlotte, the one regional opponent in this league, in the middle of October rather than to close out the season. Why not? If you're going to put ECU at the home game to close out the year, why not do Charlotte? Why not try to build that rivalry a little bit? And I know East Carolina fans are not – the biggest fan of, you know, Charlotte joining the conference in some regards, but at least it is a potential regional rivalry, which to me is is somewhat exciting. Not that I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but one way you can start to build that is by putting that game the last week of the season. We saw the American do it with uh, USF and UCF. Why can't we do that with ECU and Charlotte? I mean, that just seems 
that just seems obvious. I mean, let's be real. There is no tie between East Carolina and Tulsa. None. Like I don't I don't know a single person that has a tie to Tulsa in my life outside of those I've maybe met covering the games at Tulsa or vice versa. Uh I just I just don't I don't understand it. Um so it is what it is. Uh, I, I, Scott also adds in the comments section, Charlotte for homecoming instead of rivalry week is not a great decision. Homecoming already boosts attendance. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's something where to me it's, I just don't understand the the league what they're trying to do there uh, with with not promoting that rivalry right out the gate. I mean, you have a new league, you got new teams joining the new league, and it just doesn't make any sense. So. All in all, a tough schedule. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and and run down each game, win or loss, this early in the process. But, you know, did want to jump on, share my thoughts. Uh, you know, I think, like, I mean, realistically, Michigan's going to be a loss, barring something crazy. Even if you go one and one in those next two, if you go two and one, I think you're sitting pretty. But you could go one and one against Marshall and App State, beat Gardner-Webb, then you're at two and two. And then if you win two of those next three between Rice, SMU, and Charlotte, you're going to be at four and three at that point and, and then set yourself up for at least a potential bowl bid with some winnable games uh, down the stretch. You know, Tulsa, EC will probably be favored. You know, Navy, we'll see how they are. Uh, FAU, I think, is a kind of a, a game right now EC would be favored in, but we don't know what type of impact Tom Herman will make. And then, you know, Tulane and Greenville uh, historically struggles. We know that Tulane's made great strides under Willie Fritz, but that's still a game that uh, I could see ECU winning. So I, I just think you got to find a way to manage the start of the schedule. You certainly don't want to start zero and three with a young team. Uh, if you start two and one, I think you're you're in line for a potential special year. I mean, realistically, I know App is losing several players, but they're going to be fired up to play East Carolina in Boone, which has not happened in a very long time. We know what Marshall. Uh, they think of the rivalry, what that means to their fan base. So they'll be fired up to come here. And then even Gardner-Webb, an FCS opponent, is much improved. I believe they were in the playoffs last year. So uh, the non-conference for me is is probably the, the toughest part of the schedule outside of UTSA, Tulane, uh, and that, that stretch where you play three out of four road games, including UTSA, uh, FAU, and Navy. So we'll see. I mean, it's – there's so much unknown this year in the with the new conference. As uh, bring it up one more time again. Any questions, comments you got, drop them before I get out of here. I just want to jump on, share initial thoughts. Um, give us a like, subscribe, all that. I think you know. It, I don't even know outside of Tulane, like who in this league is supposed to be good. I mean, I, I think UTSA will be good. I, you know, I think Tulane will probably be the preseason favorite, but that's based off what they did last year. They're losing some key defensive players and that. Uh, they're losing Tajay Spears. So I just don't really know what to expect from this league overall. Like it's SMU will probably be picked towards the top, but I'm not sold on Rhett Lashley. Um, so, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of a wide-open year. I don't really know what to expect from ECU. I, I think East Carolina is a major unknown as well. So if you're Vegas, I don't even know what you put the win total at. I, I think I would put it at 6.5 for ECU. I think that's a fair fair number. 
lot of unknowns, but a lot of winnable games, a lot of toss-up games. But also not many games you look at the schedule. If you follow college football and you understand some of these teams, some of the programs that have made jumps the past years, there's not too many games you look at the schedule and you you circle, hey, that's a win. You know, for me, like outside of Gardner-Webb, I don't know. I mean, that's that's obviously one you chalk up as a win. Probably Charlotte. But outside of that, and maybe Tulsa, like you're, you're heavy favorites in those games on paper. But outside of that, I think it's pretty pretty wide open. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, let's get back to some of the comments here before we wrap up. Uh, Bubba Rosenbaum asks or adds, "We will play in front of one hundred eight thousand at the Big House and one K at Rice." Yeah, I mean that's you're right there. I mean the uh, it's going to be something, I, and I think a lot of ECU fans are going to make that trip to Ann Arbor. I think zero ECU fans are going to make the trip to Rice. Well, maybe a couple. I, I want to say zero. Uh, but there is absolutely zero atmosphere at Rice football games. I personally have never covered a football game at Rice. I uh, have have zero desire to, uh, to be honest. But uh, I'll probably be there this year on September 30th. Um, Mr. Wands World also adds uh, lots of opponents have away games before playing East Carolina. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an advantage. I mean, I, I think it definitely is. Uh, you don't want to get. I think Navy might play a home game before uh, hosting ECU as well. But you definitely typically don't want to place or play two teams back-to-back, you know, home games because they're kind of in their comfort zone in that in that realm. Uh, B. Pace chiming in says, Charlotte is homecoming. Just book rooms in Annapolis at Hilton Garden in downtown. All right, so he's going to Navy. Yeah, Navy is a great trip. If you haven't been before, uh, it's an awesome place to watch a football game. So have they released the designations for the games or have they just released homecoming? Because I, I briefly read through the uh, – I briefly read through the release. Okay, now I see it as I, I check the schedule. They got Marshall as painted purple. They got the Gardner-Webb game as painted gold. Um, as I checked the official ECU schedule online. Okay, homecoming is Charlotte. Along with letter letter winners weekend, military appreciation day is Tulane on November fourth, and then senior day is Tulsa, of course. And that game date, according to the schedule, will be announced on October 9th. So, uh, family weekend as well will be the Gardner Webb game. Uh, so there's your designations as well as the uh, the dates, and we'll continue to chime in here with some comments. Uh, Tulane, as he as Mr. Wand continues to add to his his earlier comment, Tulane UTSA app 
Gardner Webb, Rice, FAU, all the way heading into our games. And Charlotte has Navy ahead of us. Always tough to face the triple option and then face somebody else. Jonathan Kennington says 11 and 2, AAC champs, book it. That would be a hell of a year, Jonathan. And uh, I can't say that I'm backing you quite yet, but it, you know, nothing would surprise me about this this year's team. I think they're going to surprise some people talent wise. It's just a matter of how it all comes together. Uh, B pays. Yeah, we haven't really touched on the Thursday game. He says he likes having SMU on a Thursday. You know, how do we feel about Thursday night home games? If you're the older fan with kids um, or just don't like staying up late, you're probably not in favor of it. If you're the students, you love it. Uh, Scott Lorbatcher also adds Night of the Boneyard versus SMU has the makings of a fun night in Dowdy Ficklin. And, that you know, that's going to be a pivotal midseason game, kind of a swing game as I look at the schedule. I think that's that's a game to me that that could swing things either way. You win that game at home against probably one of the upper echelon teams in the league, talent-wise, that could swing you to a special season. Uh, SMU, historically, not a very good road team, especially on the East Coast. Uh, they struggle with physicality. They struggle uh, playing away from uh, Dallas, Texas. They they sometimes struggle playing on grass. Uh, and so I, I think that that's a, that's a favorable matchup for ECU in Greenville. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Bubba Rosenbaum adds, we have to get beyond that attend because the Pirates are playing late season attendance. I guess he's talking about the Tulsa game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a historically ECU football attendance drops off as the year goes on for, you know, for, for one reason or another, whether it's cold, whether it's people don't like the teams in the league compared to maybe some of the more regional non-conference teams. That's just something ECU's always struggled with. Um, Mr. Wands World says he's definitely going to Navy, wanted to go to both Boca Raton, which is where FAU is, and Annapolis, but they are back-to-back. Yeah, you know, even as as somebody who covers the team, it's, it's, it's tough to make back-to-back road trips as a sports writer. Um with my expenses sometimes paid for. So that's uh, that's not easy for the fan. It's not easy for the team. It's not easy for me as a sports writer. And so you would like to see maybe those those two get spread out a little bit, but it is what it is. Uh, ECU has played back-to-back road games and played back-to-back road games well. They're Mike Houston before. So I, I don't – the thing I do like about where this, this – this thing gets tough is that historically under Mike Houston, ECU plays very good late October to November, really outside of the Houston game. And, and the very end of last year were things I think were not in sync in the locker room uh, to an extent, but I, his teams usually get better. We saw it last year during the stretch against Memphis, UCF and BYU uh, in October in, you know, into late October into November. So they played well at Cincinnati. And so I, I think, this comes at a good time where a lot of these personnel changes will be meshing later in the season. Uh, Jeff Betcher says he doesn't like the Thursday night games at all. Uh, he thinks that our record is not very good on Thursday night. Yeah. I feel like it's gotten, you know, the last time they played USF at home on a Thursday night, they found a way to win. It wasn't pretty. It was raining. Uh, the students were having a good time. I don't think anybody else was even hardly in the stands, but, um, I thought overall 
it was a decent atmosphere. And I would expect with the program having two winning seasons since then, uh, you'll get a good atmosphere. It's also, you got to remember too, you got the road game at Rice and then you got a bye week. So people are going to be itching for, for a home football game come that Thursday. So I think you'll get a good bump in attendance uh, for that game just based off that. If it was back-to-back home games, uh, that would be that would be difficult, um, you know, to, to convince the family to come out on a short week on Thursday night, which we've seen before at ECU. Uh, John Moody adds, lo- looking forward to the App State and Michigan trips. Yeah, I personally have never seen a game uh, at either location, and really looking forward to those to those venues. And I think it's something that if you can go, definitely go, especially go to at least one if you can manage it. You know, I've been to Boone, but haven't been there for a football game. And so looking forward to seeing that atmosphere again. We talked about earlier, they'll be fired up to play the Pirates. And Michigan is Michigan. When else are we going to see ECU play in the big house? Maybe not again in our lifetimes. So I think that's definitely worth the trip, even if ECU is a 40-point underdog. Uh, John Moody also adding, hopefully we can avoid the Black Friday game. Yeah. Either way, it's it's not going to be good. But I, I do think at least ECU will have some – they'll put some input in. Also, I, I won't say that they'll have some control over it because at the end of the day, it's ESPN and it's the American's call. But the American does know and they do value East Carolina's fan base. So if the American has basically a choice between Saturday and Friday – and they're even for for television purposes. I think they will choose that Saturday. But uh, if they need a TV slot on Friday, if, if ESPN needs a TV spot, I mean, at the end of the day, ESPN's running the show. They are running college football. They have a contract with the American, the rights to broadcast the game. But I agree with you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get at least that Saturday so people can get some family time Thursday and Friday and then make it back to the, the stadium for that Saturday, November 25th game. All right. I'm going to get out of here unless we get any more final questions. Again, appreciate you guys' uh, patience. I guess we had an audio uh, blip earlier, so I'll have to go back and edit that for the podcast. But either way, just wanted to get on, share some initial thoughts. Again, we have the East Carolina 2023 football schedule. Just love seeing it, how it's laid out. We got the dates. I guess we do have the designations after all. Again, check that out on uh, the ecupirates.com website. We will be back probably later this week for a, uh, a fresh edition of the podcast, either talking basketball. I'm going to try to do something post-women's basketball. Uh, hopefully they win, and then going into the Houston game for the men. Again, the men will be hosting the number one ranked team nationally heading into Saturday for the first time ever in men's Coliseum. So, Get out to support the women on Wednesday. Get out to support men on Saturday. Of course, support the baseball team as they host North Carolina Friday and Saturday, weather permitting. Uh, We'll see how that unfolds and then head to Chapel Hill on Sunday. Uh, We will talk to you guys next time. Until then, keep hoisting the colors. Uh, Appreciate all your support and comments. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. 
Halo. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.